I'm Guy Fieri, and we're rolling out. Looking for America's greatest diners, drive-ins, and dive. Would it be so bad if an 84-year-old got into heroin? Welcome to the Cat Organizational Podcast. You idiot. It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers. I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole. I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right? Everybody get off IMDb now. Time to record. This episode and probably this whole this whole podcast is a mistake. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we talk about comic books, video games, and at the low, low cost of $50, literally anything else you want. That's true. As evidenced yeah. by this episode <laughs> we're recording right now. So unless you've joined the Debate This family in the last month or so, in which case, welcome, you're probably quite familiar with our flavor text episodes by now. We've covered everything from Overwatch to Kingdom Hearts to Marvel's Eternals to Animorphs to Neon Genesis Evangelion, which has somehow become the most pervasive force in my life. <laughs> three, three of those things have uh, Matt never had heard about and now is major, a major fan of. Well, two of those things. <laughs> um, one of those things. One of those things. It's, it's Neon Animorphs, Genesis right? Evangelion. It's no, I've read those books. Anyway, uh, I digress. When it comes to flavor texts, all bets are pretty much off, which is why we thought it would be a great idea to open up the show to commissions. We opened up a tier on our Patreon, a far-flung tier called Master Debater, where you could exchange currency for a flavor text on a topic of your choosing. Hey, did you guys get that joke, Master Debater? It, no, could you explain it, it to me? I don't want <laughs> we the the breath that we've wasted on these two or three sentences about that is already too much. Well, here we are, gentlemen, just over three months after we launched our Patreon, about to do a flavor text about the man, the myth, the goddamn legend, Guy Fieri. I'm pretty excited for this. I expect there to be some fanfare edited in there. And what a legend. Oh, there will be fanfare. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Kyle. And thanks to patron, longtime friend of the show, and host of Up for Discussion and Natural Toonie, Tom Zalat and I, we all hopped on a one-way train to Flavor Text Town to bring you all the information we could find about the spiky-haired spice lord, Guy Fieri. <laughs> My favorite Dragon Ball Z character. It feels so right. Does Tom not get a cool <laughs> middle nickname? I feel like $50 earns you a cool middle nickname. Yeah. Can Tom be can Tom be Tom Donkey Sauce Zalatni? I just yeah. want yeah. someone to take the name Donkey Sauce. <laughs> He's Donkey Good. Sauce. Tom is Tom is now Donkey Sauce. I, I make that That's reference in like two lines. Anyway, joining me on today's journey are Andrew Sammy Hagar from Van Halen Henderson, Todd Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth Thomas, and Kyle Violent J from Insane Clown Posse Harper. Uh, don't do that. Oh, he to got me. it. Someone had to get it. Are these people that look like? The guy yeah. Is this like Homer they Simpson are. and Krusty the Clown have never yeah. been in the same place at the same time? I don't know if you guys read it today, but there is an entire webpage devoted to the conspiracy theory that Guy Fieri, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth, and Violet J from ICP are all the same guy. And oh, also, also a little known fact, they're all voiced by Dan Castanella. <laughs> 
So a little peek behind the sausage curtain. When the sentence Guy Fieri flavor text got posted in our group chat, all four of us immediately called dibs. We decided to split up the life and times of the inventor of donkey sauce so that each of us could take a bite. With that said, I had a Twitter conversation with Guy Fieri's son Hunter exactly one time, so I took the reins to write the intro. And with that, I will turn it over to Andrew now that I have made my I am only one degree of separation away from Guy Fieri flex. This is the most work. This is the most writing work Matt has ever done for this podcast with those two paragraphs. Matt, you couldn't get your best friend Hunter Fieri on the show. First off, it's Fieri. God damn it, Kyle. There's a paragraph (laughs) warning at the top of our notes. Uh, Second off, I tweeted at Hunter Fieri one time. Because I found this meme of a baby with Guy Fieri's hair. And <laughs> only one? I tweeted this picture and I was like, TBH, I thought this is what Hunter Fieri would look like. And he replied to it and he was like, honestly, so did I. And I was like, this is the best moment of my life. Done. I tweeted with Guy Fieri's son. Uh, it goes, tweeted with Guy Fieri's son, met Emma Watson in a hotel in Pittsburgh. Those are like the two top moments of <laughs> my life. Go. Anyway, I'm going to dig a hole I can't climb an- out of. Andrew, why don't you kick off this flavor text? Sure, yeah. So, okay, so uh, because this is our first commission, we wanted to make this a little special for our, for our good buddy, Donkey Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, unlike, so we kind of, we're, t- we're taking a step away from the normal format where one of us does all the research and just uh, regurgitates it to everybody. information. Yeah. And uh, we all took a chunk. Um, so the, f- the four chapters in this flavor text. <laughs> flavor a meaty, text. flavorful chunk. Yeah, yeah. The, the four chapters are going to go as, as, as such. So I'm going to take... Life before the Food Network. So uh, the the one paragraph on Wikipedia entitled "Early <laughs> Career," um, and then and then Matt's gonna get into the the meatiest of the meaty chunks, which is of course uh, Guy Fieri's rise uh, through the Food Network ranks. Medi- meteoric rise. Yeah. Um, meteoric. We'll then uh, we'll then cut to Todd, who I don't really know what this is about, but it's just entitled "The Good Modern Day Mayor." Um, I'm going to talk, when it gets to me, I'm going to tell you how Guy Fieri is a way better human being than you could ever hope you could ever become. It's true. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. And then Kyle's going to finish this off on kind of the zeitgeist of Guy Fieri. <laughs> the man, and really, the meme, like, the legend. Yeah, the meme, <laughs> the legend. And really, like, the meta and why we're all here today. Why we're, we're us four guys with a podcast are going to spend the next two hours talking about this person. So uh, without further ado, let's talk about the boring stuff. Um, Guy Fieri was born Guy Ramsey Ferry on January 22nd, 1968 in Columbus, Ohio, which we've, we've alluded to a couple times, um, which, of course, our, our podcast being based out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, that makes us very happy. However, this is kind of a wet fart of a fact, because as I quickly found Guy Fieri was born in Columbus. We didn't really ever live in Columbus. He's uh, a, he's a California guy. That's um, true. Through. Yeah. So his family actually, uh, when he was pretty young, moved to Ferndale, California, which is a small small community in the most most northern part of Northern California. It is in Humboldt County, which some people uh, residents of California might know as the Redwood Forest, uh, which mm. I've actually been to and mm. is fucking beautiful. Um, so there's a there's a series of small rural towns just like right on the coast up there. Um, so Ferndale is, is among those. Um, Guy Fieri 
uh, had a pretty normal childhood, uh, a normal spiky-headed childhood. Uh, he, at, at age 10, uh, was his first recorded um, dealings in food service when he, uh, he operated a pretzel cart that he named Awesome Pretzels. <laughs> I love that it's the fun. first recorded, like the mm-hmm. first recorded Guy Fieri does food in history. Yeah. Like there's some hieroglyph somewhere of Guy Fieri pulling a <laughs> right. pretzel cart around right. Northern California. Right. There's a there's a Ken Burns documentary with a letter being read of Guy Fieri writing to his parents <laughs> about his pretzel cart. Wonder where the pretzel cart is today. <laughs> it's I'm going to talk in, about in it a little story. bit later, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> And then as a teen, he, uh, as most of us do, he worked shitty dishwashing jobs to, uh, to pay for, uh, for it to actually to help finance a one-year trip to France where he took a, his first culinary course. So he um, is trained in French cuisine. That's Guy Fieri, absolutely inventor incredible. of donkey sauce, started in French <laughs> cuisine, uh, which is it was pretty cool. He, he, uh, he raised money to, uh, of course, I'm sure that he had some help from family, but he raised money to uh, to do a one year student exchange program in France, which is pretty neat. Um, so a lot of the things that I pages that I've read said, which I assume are transcripts from interviews, have said that was where he really developed his passion for food. So he came back from his uh, his experience in France, and then he enrolled in the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, where he got a bachelor's in hotel management, which is not common for this field because it's 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 very it's very related. And it was 1990, yeah. so culinary school wasn't, like, the thing that it is now. My first thought seeing that, like, hearing that he got his bachelor's in hotel management is, like, that's pretty apt. Like, that's a good... Yeah, yeah it's a smart move. Fine, it, it, it's all related to fine food, fine mm-hmm. fine experience, fine dining. Yeah, go ahead. You hear it a lot. Um, isn't it called, like, hospitality management? Yep. Isn't that, like, the yeah. business of running, yep. like, yeah. hotels and restaurants and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. High-end pause. customer service. Andrew, are you a Nevada guy? It's Nevada, you nerd. Um, unless you're up in the 419 area code of Ohio and it's Nevada. Yeah, it's, it's Nevada. <laughs> what the? I did live on the West Coast, and, and so uh, it's Nevada. Everyone I've ever met from Nevada says Nevada. Oh, okay. Um, Nevada. Really Nevada. It, it, it is a population of 8,000 total people in the entire like 10-mile radius, maybe. All right, I, that's enough. I want to talk more about Guy Fieri. Yeah. I just wanted to call so, you out for saying Nevada. Well, I'm going to continue to say it, and fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Guy Fieri. Ugh. Um, so after after his uh, his college experience, um, our boy moved through a couple different jobs um, in different restaurants. He ended up being at the first, the most notable one was he ended up becoming manager of a Long Beach, California restaurant called Parker, Parker's Lighthouse. Um, which is there still there today, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. So Parker's is just like an upscale seafood restaurant. Um, they're clearly in operation. They've got a COVID-19 warning up and everything on their website. Um, so this is this is where, so Guy, you'll see throughout the, the next couple of years, Guy kind of goes back and forth between Los Angeles and San Francisco Bay Area. So uh, he was uh, down in Long Beach, and then he went back up. Um, well, actually, I take that back. So he became a, dist- a district manager of another restaurant called Louise's Trattoria, um, where he actually managed six locations, um, along with some other, it says recruiting and training. Um, that also, that franchise still exists, but there's only two left, and they're both in LA. So that is when Guy moved back up to Northern California. And this is really the start of the Guy Fieri brand um, that, that we've, so the, the, the elements that we know today. The Fieri-verse. Um, so, 
the Fieriverse. Yes, this is this is page one of the Fieriverse. So in 1996, Guy and and a man, uh, his business partner named Steve Gruber, they opened a series of two chains. The first was named Johnny Garlics, um, which is which a, I love. That's right? so That's good. incredible. Yeah, I mean. You got to give it to him to stick on brand. Like, I guess, since, <laughs> since day one. I could look at a picture of Guy Fieri without knowing who that is yeah. and think that maybe that is a persona <laughs> named Johnny Garlic. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. my boy, Johnny Garlic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's like a, name, a pseudonym on a message board, yeah. which is 1996, <laughs> so that probably was the case. Um, it was a message board just talking about, like, I don't know, hot sauce or something. Um, <laughs> So it was a, a self-described California pasta grill, uh, which opened in Santa Rosa, California. Santa Rosa is uh, in the, the Napa area, Napa region, like in wine country and, and a little north of the Bay Area. Um, Santa Rosa is awesome town, very very touristy town, a lot of good beer, a lot of good places to places to hang out. So it's it's there's a lot of these little like towns in wine country that kind of operate as michelin star training grounds if if you will because there's a lot of fine dining all these towns these are super rich towns um so they they've got a lot of money in and out a lot of old people a lot of old rich white people which means a lot of space for expensive dining so you're you see a lot of these these kind of like michelin star wannabe restaurants come in and out all the time nice yeah and uh, so, so Johnny Garlics actually did really well for quite some time. Um, I actually, like I myself, when I lived out there, I have never, I never went to one, but I encountered a couple of these. Um, there were at one point, at the height of its its popularity, there were seven of these in the Northern California area. Wow! Wow! One, one, uh, right by uh, our friend uh, Alex Clark's uh, place in Pleasanton, <laughs> Pleasanton, California. Um, not Alex Clark, who was on a show a couple years ago, but our <laughs> personal friend. Um, yeah. Wow, what a throwback! Yeah, yeah. so uh, so I, I've personally encountered these places, and then we looked at the menu, and were like, "Hell no!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so wait, uh, so no, stop. Why? Uh, well, <laughs> look at the menu. I mean, it's okay. So it, again, it's it's version 1.0 Guy Fieri. So it's it's all of the it's all of the stupid food combinations, but with none of the like none of branding the charm. yet, none of the uh, charm none yet. Of the yeah, fine so tuning. it's just like yeah, it's just like. Hey, do you guys like ranch dressing? <laughs> if I got a thing for We you. have a ranch gun. Yeah, and it's like, it's a novelty. Guy Fieri and Beta. And it's a novelty. Yes, exactly. It's a novelty in California when everything's like kind of healthy and has avocados on it. But like, I'm from Pittsburgh. We already put French fries on our salads. Like, I don't need more of that, you know? Word. So, uh, so the other, so I mentioned, so we talked about Johnny Garlics. There's another, another establishment that they built called uh where was this tex wasabi's rock and roll sushi barbecue wow <laughs> awesome wow Excellent. those are all words chef's kiss they like they like took they like took a restaurant that like they took sushi and they took barbecue with those two concepts yep. and they wrapped it up in an american flag and then yep. just slapped it up against the wall and then just dumped it out into a cowboy hat. And that's and this is what exactly and that's exactly what it is. It's the it's like somebody wrote on a piece of paper, how can we get a bunch of forty five year old fat slobs to eat sushi? <laughs> yeah. Cover it in ranch dressing. What the fuck? Call it so, uh, call it barbecue sushi and, yeah, and barbecue smother sushi. it in condiments. Now some of the stuff to be fair, like I'll defend it for just a bit. I, I actually was I was uh, going through Yelp to try to find pictures of the menu because Tex Wasabi's is also closed now. So so neither of these places exist anymore, unfortunately. 
Um, but they do have some pretty interesting specials. Uh, one section in particular called Gringo Sushi. Good. Yep. Oh, no. It's that's, literally a hamburger. I think that's the kind of sushi I like. Uh, that's unfortunate. It, it is. It, well, again, like if you needed to take your uncle to a sushi place, <laughs> there's there's a you couple. You really places. needed a California roll, and your exactly. uncle was willing to pay. This is where you go. So we've got a couple entries called the Screaming Gobbler. <laughs> which is turkey and sriracha aioli the, the jackass roll which is pulled pork and spicy chili aioli so it's that kind of feel right yeah so it just it, it, and again this is 1999 like it was still a really novel concept like now you see these restaurants all the time they're just fusion restaurants where they just take two unlike things and kind of smash them together that happens everywhere you can you know throw a rock and you'll hit three of these kind of places. But this was a novel concept 20, 20 some odd years ago. So the, the little bit of postscript on this. So these were his two big first franchises that really kind of catapulted him into the next, the next phase and the, the pre, the pre food network uh, era. Um, a little, a little like what, where are they now about this? So in 2015, so again, Johnny Garlic's opened in 1996, made it about a little more than 20 years. In 2015, Guy uh, Fieri actually petitioned to close the franchise. Um, his partner counterfiled a suit to keep it open. So Guy, uh, Guy actually sold all his shares off on both of these franchises uh, as of 2016. Um, Johnny Gar- Garlic's closed in 2018, and Tex Wasabi's closed about six months later. But pretty, I mean, for a restaurant franchise, for a small franchise like that, pretty great run. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. what is that, um, 20 years? Like, that, yeah. that doesn't That's happen incredible. too often. Yeah. Um, I thought it was also funny. Uh, according to a Vice article that I read, in twenty in October of 2019, the Johnny Garlic's website was redirecting traffic to a pharmacy, quote-unquote, that sells chewable-flavored Viagra. Oh, good. Oh, my. I good. mean, but here's the question. Do we think that Guy Fieri still owns that address? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. And I could not find that website. So either the URL is taken down or mm. somebody else maybe had that domain. But but yeah, so uh, so that that's basically it. Um, that brings us to um, 2006 when Guy Fieri's life really started to take a turn. Yeah, yeah. Um... I had a joke that I was going to say and I forgot it. So I'll just cut that blank out. (laughs) Cool. Was it about chewable Viagra? No, no. It was something about, oh, I was going to say Johnny Garlic's is a bigger part of American history than the Confederacy. That was the joke. It is. Yeah. Oh, man. Johnny Garlic's was around four times as long as the Confederacy was. Let's get that on a T-shirt. Listeners, please sign our petition to make (laughs) to rename Columbus Flavortown. This is all evidence for our petition. Or Johnny Garlic's Ohio. Yeah, I'll take that. Whatever. That feels more on brand. Yeah, I'll live in Johnny Garlic's Ohio. So anyway, now that Andrew did the setup, I want to talk about the patron saint of Channel 52, check your local listings. So to talk about how a man with spiked bleach tips goes from selling pretzels in NorCal to championing a cable network. The answer to that question is a little show called Food Network Star. So Food Network Star, episode one, season one, aired on June 5th, 2005. Around the end of the first season of Food Network Star, Guy Fieri's friends egged him on and convinced him to send in an audition tape. 
The best quote I could find from this audition tape was that Guy Fieri said he liked to live big, laugh hard, and cook wild. Which is like Great. if I could put that's our boy. Yeah, if I could put a, a like tagline after Guy Fieri LLC, I think it yeah. would be those exact things. Well, that's his version of live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say real quick though, when I saw that he had just started becoming a star in two thousand six or seven, like the, to find out that Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives only came out in two thousand seven seemed kind of wild to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, in my mind, that show's always been on forever and ever. Well, when when Matt gets to it, that's when Food Network stopped being like just the Iron Chef channel. Like it yeah, was just and then the Iron Chef channel until 2006. I watched that man take bites out of uh, bell peppers on Iron Chef so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, not to not to take wind out of your sails, but I just oh that, no, that's it's okay. crazy to me. Yeah, it's bananas. I mean, honestly, like. Guy Fieri was Food Network's next Emeril Legacy. Like, they needed someone who could carry the torch of Emeril through the rebranding yeah. of Food Network. Because Emeril Bobby stuck Flay around. wasn't as hell going to... Was sure as hell wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Bobby Flay is like a scoop of vanilla ice cream. He's, no, he's okay. the Mitch McConnell of Food Network. Listen, <laughs> I will defend Bobby Flay, too, but I'm not here to fight mm. that fight today. Um... Bobby Flay was still carrying Iron Chef America. Like, he is the yeah, reason yeah, that that yeah, show yeah. was on the air as long as it was. Sure. And when Food Network rebranded to more, like, daytime, family-friendly content away from just Iron Chef in primetime and then live audience or live-to-tape audience cooking shows. Which, all boy, you couldn't pay me to watch one of those right now. Like, that's, yeah. 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 that seems terrible. They needed a personality as big as Emerald to carry that rebrand, and that guy was yeah. Guy Fieri. And and someone who wasn't going to get uh, caught up in uh, sexual assault like most of Iron Chef America have at this Ooh. point. Yeah, that also. So anyway, on <laughs> April that. 23rd, 2006, Guy Fieri was announced as the winner of season two, and the world was literally forever changed. So <laughs> April 23rd, 2006, Guy Fieri officially wins next Food Network star, and is guaranteed his own show on Food Network. And that show was called Guy's Big Bite, which started in 2006. And what may surprise you is that it ran until 2016. So Guy's wild. Big Bite had <laughs> a 10-year run. Yikes. And while many know now know Guy is the personality in front of the kitchen, he got his start behind it. So Guy's Big Bite, Season 1, Episode 1, premiered on June 25th, 2006, for a six-episode run. So he was announced the winner of Food Network Star on April 23rd. His show premiered three months later. Now, I, I do need to say that, like, they film in the winter of the year before for Food Network Star. So he had won in, like, December. But then they turned around and taped Guy's Big Bite right after, and it aired in June of sure. 2006. So Guy's Big Bite was a standard cooking show, but the longer it went, the more Guy Fieri it became. And one of the big differences between Guy's Big Bite and a lot of the shows before it was that it wasn't live to tape in front of an audience. Uh, it was him in a studio cooking, and hmm. it was heavily edited. Interesting. So the set gained a personalized Guy Fieri fridge, racing stripes, a pinball machine, big screen TVs. Guy also started inviting his friends to join him, and it all just like really <laughs> bubbled over and exploded. Uh, Guy's Big Bite right now, I don't know if anybody out there has Sling, but we have Sling, and Guy's Big Bite is all backlogged on Sling, so I've been watching a lot of 2006 Guy Fieri lately. 
what what besides the set and the vibe like was he did anything set it apart like was he cooking anything different or was it just kind of your standard like I mean, it was very Guy Fieri food. Like the last episode I watched was like a tailgate meatloaf. And it wasn't like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and it it wasn't like, it's not food that you look at like, oh, God, I don't want to, I don't want to eat that. Like it wasn't epic mealtime, but it was definitely more, I don't know what to say other than Midwest American food than Food Network's brand it's dressed up dressed up tailgate food is yeah yeah what guy fieri makes fieri makes and what i'm sure that show was so good yeah good for him <laughs> and everything i've seen on it has been stuff that i was like yeah i would eat that it's nothing that i've been like oh that's a crime against god yeah it's still uh, better it's, than paula Dean stuff oh oh boy um yeah for a number of reasons <laughs> yes. yeah my favorite show chew and butter with paula dean <laughs> <laughs> so starting with season 10 of guys big bite guy took the show from his studio to his own backyard inviting his friends and crew to come cook with him and his own backyard style and guys big bite ran for 13 seasons 191 episodes wow. and Fuck. had its final air date on december 18th of 2016 guy fieri's guy's big bite almost ran as long as fucking naruto yes yes <laughs> it absolutely did just I to don't... try and make a comparison that yeah. our demographic would understand a right. bit better and it yeah. has fewer filler filler episodes. <laughs> less less episodes, episodes less episodes of someone just screaming at the camera while transforming <laughs> So Guy's Big Bite was the first Guy Fieri show in 2006, but it wasn't the only one. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives actually started in 2006 as well. The show we all know and love actually started as a one-off special that aired November 6, 2006. And some guy at Food Network was all like, yo, this shit slaps. And then Triple D became the series that premiered on Food Network on April 23, 2007. So Triple D, obviously, it's... It's the big one. It's an yeah. institution. Yeah. I, that's the one. I just assumed that that was the first one. That yeah. I didn't yeah even, oh, like, for sure. I didn't even Same. know that Guy's Big Bite existed, honestly. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it started in 2006. It is still actively airing. Uh, it was not the first food road show of its kind. It was based on similar road shows like Road Tasted and $40 a Day. a day was the road trip food show led by Rachel Ray, who, if Guy Fieri was the king of Food Network in 2006, Rachel Ray was the queen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Question, Matt. I don't know if you know this when you were looking up. What was was the Travel Channel doing any stuff like this at the time, or was that because I know like Men versus Food and Bourdain were coming around like a little later, but I can't remember if they became they came first or after. 2006. I don't honestly know where Man versus Food fits in, but I think it was a little bit later. Uh, and I think that uh, Bourdain's first show might have been Bourdain, I think, then. was 08. Because yeah. Bourdain's book, first book came out in 04. So I, I, I'm pretty sure he was later. But I know that Travel Channel was, at this point, still doing a lot of vacation destination travel shows. Like, yeah. top 10 water parks in America. And yeah. I, <laughs> I used to watch a lot of Travel Channel because they did, like... 10 best haunted houses in the yeah. country every October. And that, that one episode that everyone in Pittsburgh ca- taped because they talked about Kennywood. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that um, is the one. So Man vs. Food premiered December 3rd, 2008. And okay. Parts Unknown 
didn't premiere until 2013. Was that what about No Reservations? Yeah, No Reservations. No Reservations. That's the one I'm looking for. Hold on. I have watched a disgusting amount of cable TV and an even more disgusting amount of Discovery Network cable TV. Not to not to get super off topic, but um, Jess and I listened to the audiobook of uh, Bourdain's first book. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I've heard that. It's excellent. So, um, sorry, No Reservations did proceed guys big bite um and the first episode aired okay. july 25th 2005 all right on, interesting on travel okay. channel okay cool. so anyway let's go back to triple d you know the gist guy drives his red convertible all over god's green earth yep. looking for america's greatest diners drive-ins and dives <laughs> so here is the statistic if you remember nothing else from this episode remember this Triple D has run for a whopping 41 seasons. Oh, my God. And at current has aired 411 episodes. Those are one piece numbers right there. So how many seasons a year come out? Because that's a lot. Three? Yeah, I mean, it's been 14 years, so three-ish. Yep. Yeah, well. I I think the bigger, the more startling number is 400 some episodes. How many restaurants does he visit in each episode? Is it, it's not just one. It's a couple. It's usually three per Three to four. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, Triple D is still currently on the air with the team filming in their 50th state of South Dakota in 2020, literally just a couple of months ago. Wow. That's amazing. Over 800 restaurants around America and around the world have already been featured on Triple D. And they all say literally the exact same thing about the process, which is Guy is the coolest dude ever, and he changed our business for the best. Which I'm sure, Todd, you'll probably talk about a little bit more in the next session. Oh, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, because like you hear about Hell's Kitchen or the other thing. Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares, and like how... A quarter of those restaurants, only a quarter of those restaurants end up remaining open. So that's like good that that guy kind of sets them up for success when he when he comes by. Well, yeah. if you think about it, like the breakdown of the two different models that like Guy Fieri is going to like restaurants that are like these hidden gems. That's true. That's Whereas true. those other ones are like these are sinking ships and I'm going to try and yeah. help them. And Gordon, oh, you can't. Gordon Ramsay's trying to save them. You can't fix terrible succeed. management. Got yeah, it. That's right. Well, I think I think Bourdain's the the closest. Like, there's a reason why I brought him up. But I think he's the closest comparison, at least the his style, the show. Because yeah. like when when we go to a new city, like that's what we do is like we go it's like, hey, is there a Bourdain about this city? Is there a DDD about oh, this city? Nice. Mm, yes. You know, like because yeah. this is the roadmap of the cool places to go. Yeah, I mean, point. every single city that I have been to since Maddie and I got together, we have looked for a triple D restaurant. Every single one. Um, and I think there's only one left in Columbus that I haven't been to. The only one I haven't been to is Momogar, but I've been to all the other ones. What is that? Um, it's in North Market. Sorry. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's also in Saraga, uh, yeah. on, yeah, yeah. Do you, so, do you have a list of the ones in Columbus just for yeah, our narrow cast purposes? Uh, it's Ina's Outer Road Caribbean Grill, uh, Momogar and Loops on, oh, uh, really? King and Northwest. Huh. Yep. <laughs> Yep, it's me. Bet you're wondering how I got here, because it's me from the future. Uh, I just had to jump in real quick, debate this, fans, and correct myself, because I, the dumb asshole that I am, forgot three very important Columbus restaurants. 
when I said that Guy Fieri had only been to three restaurants on Triple D, I was completely wrong. And thank you to my wonderful girlfriend, Maddie, for correcting me. There are actually six restaurants that Guy Fieri has been to. So in this episode, I mentioned Loops, Ina's Caribbean Kitchen, and Momo Gar, but I managed to somehow leave out Ray Ray's Hog Pit, Sweet Carrot, and Pierogi Mountain, all of which I have been to. So I've still only not been to Momo Gar, but I've definitely been to five Triple D restaurants in Columbus because there are definitely six, and I'm an idiot, and I screwed that up, and I'm sorry. So now, back to the episode. Interesting. Yeah. That's a surprise addition. Loop, yeah. I mean, Loops is really good. Yeah, Loops is, is a hidden gem. And I've honestly, had, I've had Loops. Yeah. Ina's is my favorite restaurant in Columbus. I adore Ina's. If yeah. you're into Caribbean food, it's it's untouchable. Anyway, so let's break out of the narrow cast. It wasn't all perfect with Triple D. Uh, the show was actually sued in 2011 by the former production company, Paid Productions, or I'm sorry, Page Productions, who alleged that Food Network failed to pay production costs and failed to make Guy available for shooting. Food Network countersued and a settlement was reached. The show was able to air for its 12th season and uh, is now produced by Citizen Pictures. I like that. Like, no, we're going to actually sue you. So why don't you just back up? (laughs) Yeah. So that's the big one. That's Triple D. Let's talk about some other things you probably didn't know happened. Uh, Starting with Guy Off the Hook in 2008. Uh, This was one that I wasn't aware of. It was one of the shortest-lived Fieti projects. It ran for one season and six episodes. Guy Off the Hook Season 1, Episode 1 premiered September 14th, 2008. And it was Food Network basically saying, Hey, we did these live-to-tape audience cooking shows. You, you want to do one of those? Oh. Yeah, so it was gotcha. a live cooking show a la Emerald Live. Guy cooked in front of a live audience. He cooked Guy Fieti things. You get it. It was fine. And, like, that <laughs> equation is just that. It's fine. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to sit down and watch that though. It's the show you make to put to fill out your time slots cuz you didn't book enough shows this season. It's Yeah. Yep. I I firmly believe after everything I've read today that no Food Network show that Guy Fieri has ever been on has been bad. At worst they have been fine. And it's like Guy Fieri can carry a show. It doesn't matter what it is. You give him you give him a Food Network show, and he will carry it to at least the end of one season. He, I mean, he's a personality, and that's the biggest part of it. Like, he can work a crowd, he can work a camera. That's all you need to do. So also in 2008, Guy Fieri co-hosted the first season of Ultimate Recipe Showdown. He co-hosted with Mark Summers, who's the guy from Double Dare. Yeah. Mark, yeah, Mark Summers, like, he's like the executive producer of Food Network. Yes. Really? Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. He's, of course. He's climbed yeah. the ladder. Um, and it's basically now Mark Summers and Guy Fieri EPing every Food Network show. That's awesome. Uh, right. So Guy and Mark did the first season, and then Guy solo season or solo hosted the next two seasons. Uh, it was a home cooks bring their best recipes type show. Um, it's called Ultimate Recipe Showdown. The description of it I have is home cooks came with their best recipes. There was then a showdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yep. it. Uh, the winner got $25,000 and also their recipe on the menu at TGI Fridays, who Guy oh, Fieri was the spokesperson fine. for at that time. 
That feels right, though. Like, yeah, it's very good. Like, I, like Guy Fieri would have been the guy. What year was this? 2008? Is that what you 2008 said? 2008 to 2010. Yeah, Guy Fieri would have been the guy in 2008 yelling that I was going to eat those jalapeno poppers. Like, yeah. he, he is that guy back then. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the weird one. I, I jumped a little bit outside of Food Network, but from 2010 to 2011, Guy Fieri hosted the American version of Minute to Win It, which I did he not did. remember. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I, I remember watching Minute to Win It. I don't remember Guy Fieri being there, but he hosted from 2010 to 2011. Um, I, I have always said that Minute to Win It is the lowest budget show on television. Yep. He hosted it for like two seasons. It was fine. <laughs> It got rebooted in America in 2013, and uh, Olympic speed skater Apollo Ono was the host. <laughs> sure he is. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, the coolest part about this section is that there was a Minute to Win It brand video game. There was. The first... do, you, do you not have You don't have it. I, I don't have that one. I don't have I'm that one. I'm actually surprised. It, I think it, it, was can... more than, it was more than 10 cents in the Nintendo eShop is what yeah. it was. <laughs> I feel very attacked right now. I think it came out on the Wii. I don't totally remember, um, but Guy Fieri did the voiceover for it. Guy Fieri has voiceover credit in the Minute to Win It brand video game. Amazing. So that's 2010 to 2011. Let's move on a year. 2012 to 2014, the king and queen of Food Network, by their powers combined, bring Rachel versus Guy celebrity cook-off. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. shit. I guess it was time that we did a celebrity something. Yes. Guy Fieri and Rachel Ray act as coaches for celebrity chefs, sort of like The Voice, because that was where my mind went to. It was like, oh, it's The Voice for cooking shows. Yep. It's it's The Voice. This is right around the time that uh, Dancing with Stars really hit the big time. Like it was very popular on cable television to get celebrity someones who know a thing to teach other celebrities to do that thing and us, the viewing public, to watch it. You pay them a non-zero amount of money to show up. This is and... this is back when like people still had cable, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I would say that this was like this was the last bastion of American cable being yeah. the main source of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the celebrity chefs were trained by Rachel and Guy with one eliminated from the losing team each week. The last celeb standing won $50,000 to a charity of their choosing. Uh, once you hear some of the celebrities on the show, you might learn why it only ran for three seasons and 18 episodes. <laughs> Team Rachel won season one with notable celebrities like Aaron Carter, Joey Fatone, Cheech <laughs> Marin, and the <laughs> winner Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, good. Woof. <laughs> Yeah, was uh, was Aaron Carter in or out of rehab by that point? By that point, <laughs> unsure. Um, no, because that was when he toured for a while. So this was like I know 20, I saw him. 20, yeah, yeah, me too. I saw him together. <laughs> we saw him together. It, was so, yeah. it was a great show. It was if this wild. was did you did you say this was twenty like eleven twenty twelve uh twelve fourteen. Yeah, so okay. in 2012, I was still at OU, and he definitely came on tour through OU in 2012, 2013. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. when you saw him. Andrew and Matt, did he do How I Beat Shaq? Yes. Yes. Did he do that? He did. I know he did. I want candy. And I want candy. Insane. It was the best. Did he do Aaron's Aaron's party? party? I don't don't remember remember if he did Aaron's party. I I think he did. If I could define if I could define him in one word, it would have been gaunt. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember 
like he played his whole set. He played like his whole new album, which I listened yeah. to at the time and it was fine. Um, but he played <laughs> through his whole new thing. album. And then after that, I remember him grabbing the mic and being like, all right, who wants to hear some of that stuff from when I was a shithead teenager or like a yeah. shithead <laughs> kid or something exploded. like that? Yeah, and everybody's like, I do. I very much do. Everyone's like, that's why we bought tickets. It was yeah. a dive bar full of 29-year-olds, so the, yeah. the room erupted in sound. It was insane. Yeah. So that's uh, season one of Rachel versus Guy Celebrity <laughs> Cook-Up. Team Guy won season two with notable celebrities like Gilbert Godfrey, Heinz Ward, and the winner, Dean McDermott, who I guess is a Canadian reality TV star. That's oh. all I found from a, a very quick cursory Google search. Hang on, pulling up the picture. Yep. And Team Guy won season three with notable celebrities like Vanilla Ice, oh. Penn Gillette, and the winner, former NFL star Herschel Walker. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a, yeah. It's a robust ca- category of her catalog of celebrities. There's definitely like a a tier to celebrities, and this really just made mm-hmm. it put that well, on full display. I mean, yeah. Vanilla Ice has been, just been on like through a revolving door of celebrity reality TV shows since 2003. Yeah, since they had celebrity reality TV shows. Whoever his manager is, he's just like every week is like, who did you who did you call for me this week? (laughs) Yeah, I still need money. I need more money. Who did you call? Vanilla Ice's career just is all summed up by the fact he was on a show where he lived as an Amish man or he claimed to be Amish now. Mm. I don't know. That was a few years ago and it was astounding. Yeah, so that's Rachel versus Guy Celebrity Cookoff. Uh, let's I hate that. let's move on to the next one, and this is the other big one. So Triple D ran or is running 2006 to present. The other big show that Guy Fieri has is Triple G Guy's Grocery Games, which has been running from 2013 to present. So if you are unfamiliar with Guy's Grocery Games, it is absolutely the bastard son of Supermarket Sweep and Chopped. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering how it was different than Supermarket Sweeped, and I forgot the Chopped ex- aspect of it. Guy Fieri brings four chefs to compete for up to $20,000 in Flavortown Market. Chefs are given <laughs> themes each round and asked to shop for their ingredients. There are something like 56 ridiculous games, which Guy makes them play at his will, for he is a benevolent god. He <laughs> is the he is the the opposite of the bad guy from Saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one that got me. Oh boy. Uh, and the, the winner of Guy's Grocery Games gets to shop Flavortown Market for up to $20,000. What I wouldn't give to shop Flavortown Market just once. Man. It's my one true dream. Yeah. <laughs> so Triple G Episode 1 Season 1 aired October 20th, 2013 and was shot inside an actual grocery store. Fields Market in West Hills, Los Angeles. Okay. That makes sense. Season 2 saw the construction of a new set, the official Flavortown Market, built in a 15,500 square foot warehouse in Santa Rosa, California. Wow. Hmm. For every episode, the market is stocked with $700,000 worth of food. And after each episode, all the perishable items are donated to local food banks and scraps from the cooks are donated to local farmers. That that's so that's kind of cool that 10 years later he ended up back in Santa Rosa. That's kind of neat. Yeah. 
Yeah, a couple of other little fun facts about Triple G that I learned. Uh, thing one is that it takes 12 hours to film an episode of Triple G. Uh, oh. A lot of that filming time is post-show interviews. So it doesn't take 12 hours sure. to do all the cooking, but it takes that long to do the interviews. And then one of the other interesting facts for people who watch Triple G a lot, uh, one of the games that he plays is Budget Battle, where you get a certain amount of money. You can only buy that much money, yada, yada, yada. You have to go through an actual checkout lane and get checked out by an actual cashier and that cashier is the cashier at guy fietti's local grocery store who they really like and <laughs> formed a relationship with actual uh, store manager that is very on brand for everything yeah. i've learned about guy fietti yeah uh, preparing for this so outside of triple d triple g is guy's biggest production running for 20 seasons with 256 episodes jesus christ just he knows how to get that syndication that money, powerhouse he is. yeah is it still on it's still on still okay. on still filming uh right now because reasons they are doing like guy fietti rewatch shows effectively guy Re guy fietti reacts to guy fietti and yes yeah it's it's guy and hunter at home it's him and his son watching old triple g and triple d episodes they're also doing <laughs> Triple amazing. D in Guy Fieri's backyard where he has chefs from Triple D restaurants send him boxes with all of the ingredients to make one of their menu items. And then on a Zoom call, they give them the instructions to make the menu items and Guy Fieri makes and eats That's that That's actually menu really item. cool. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah. He actually, I, I read an article that he has saved a couple of businesses because he put them on the show, and from that, they started, like, freeze-packing and shipping their meals all over the country, and it's, like, saved a couple of restaurants, which wow. is rad. Well, he's been very, he's been very, I mean, I don't, not to cut Todd's portion, but um, he's been very, like, active now, working to help restaurants stay afloat in this COVID time. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, they're still filming Triple D like on location. They're they're filming for the next season so that they can revitalize some of these things. And he started a whole big, I'm sure Todd will talk about it, but a whole big like donation thing for out of work restaurant workers. I don't want to take too much of Todd's. Let's I want to talk all more steal about from Todd's section. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, my section is about him giving back. So in the spirit of Guy Fieri, I won't be mad that I'm just giving to you <laughs> things to make your section better. So also to finish up Triple G, they bring on celebrities, athletes, Triple D chefs, like literally whoever Guy Fieri wants to have on, he has on. Uh, there was also a four episode spinoff in 2017 called Dessert Games that was co-hosted by Ace of Cakes, Duff Goldman. It was fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Next project is Guy's Ranch Kitchen. Uh, ran from 2017 to maybe... 2020 and beyond it, it may still be on it may not they haven't announced a season four yet but like covid so <laughs> i don't know uh guy invites his friends over to cook things at his ranch they're often hungover Great. maybe also drunk that's awesome i have <laughs> watched every episode of guy's ranch kitchen <laughs> just mtv cribs yeah. yeah yeah that's all it is it has run for three seasons and 19 episodes like i said it it may get a fourth uh, I think this show exists so that Guy Fieri can get paid to hang out with his friends. Like, I really think that's it. 
it's the Adam Sandler model, but <laughs> right. but mapped onto Guy Fieri. Yeah. Shows. yeah, yeah. Guy's Ranch Kitchen rules. Like, if you have not watched <laughs> Guy's Ranch Kitchen, please. Um, literally, like they, it's Guy Fieri and four chefs in his beautiful outdoor kitchen at Hunt Ride Ranch, and. Uh, there's a theme and then they all just cook a thing and then they all eat that thing and then they pick whose thing was the best. It's very wholesome and good. I actually love that knowing yeah. that like they mm-hmm. all probably drank a whole bunch the night before. And that's like, I've seen probably at least two or three episodes where somebody has like shown up to taping late or like, <laughs> some, like Guy Fieri okay. makes some comment of like, yeah, you're really dragging today. And the other person is like, I wonder why. <laughs> it's because they all get in the night before. They all yeah. party hard yeah. with Guy. And then Guy is the only one who's used to this lifestyle. So he's up ready <laughs> right. to go eight, at eight o'clock to shoot and just hassling them because they're all like, Oh my god! <laughs> I like to think that like every morning, guy just just blends like four things, four cloves of garlic and like a raw egg together, and that's his hangover cure every uh, day. And he just sauce. sweats it out. It's, it's the, the donkey, donkey sauce. sauce. Um, yeah. It should be just for a little added flavor, if you will. Um, it should be noted too that our, our uh, designated episode commissioner Tom Zalat and I um, actually sent me a, in while it was in progress a series of pictures of his Animal Crossing island, which was based off of <laughs> Guy's Ranch Kitchen. It's super true. I've seen this. Yeah. Good, good. Um, yeah. Did I mention everyone's always hungover? My favorite episode of Guy's Ranch Kitchen is when they are mid filming and another celebrity chef who is not involved with the episode traipses through in gym shorts and flip-flops to like grab something out of the outdoor fridge and then traipses back inside like, like when Kanye's on the Kardashians <laughs> exactly <laughs> that like a like a mysterious sasquatch in the background <laughs> which which celebrity chef was it god i wish i could remember i okay. i fair. it might have been michael voltaggio that would track Voltaggio is the the one who would be most likely to be hungover and not care that someone's filming a show so that he could go get a breakfast beer. It's, like I would, that's I'd like brand. to think it's Bobby Flay because he just he just appears when you speak his name three times like a medieval jinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Guy Fieri and Bobby Flay have never done anything together. Ever. Um, there's that's like, because that's because they're, they're two opposites. they're they're polar opposites. They're equals. Yeah. They're opposite sides of the same coin. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that show started in 2017. Also in 2017 was Guy's Big Project. Uh, it was pretty much Food Network star, but like fully fieried um, or fietied. <laughs> nice. Excuse me. Guy went on the hunt for the next great food road show like Triple D. It ran for one season. It had seven episodes. They got to the end, and they were like, who wins? And Guy Fieri was like, both of y'all win. And uh, (laughs) the show just had two winners. So the first one was Rashad Jones. He hosted Eat Sleep Barbecue with Rashad. And then the other winner, parenthesis S, was Mark Anderson and Ryan Fay. They hosted a show called The Grill Dads, which, as far as I know, ran a little bit longer than Eat Sleep Barbecue, uh, but neither of those show is still on, but all three chefs still sort of run in the celebrity mm. chef circle. I know if if I were watching Food Network and it told me a show called The Food Dads was on next, I'd probably change the channel. <laughs> it's the Grill Dads, but sure. Yeah. The uh, Do you guys think, so much like there's the theory that 
Guy Fieri is Violent J, that maybe Bobby Flay is Shaggy Too Dope, and that's why you can't ever see them together because they're already together in, in clown makeup. <laughs> have you have you thought about it? Oh my God, Todd, I have, I have an now. important question. Important question. Very important yeah. question. Did you know the other member of ICP, or did you have to look? I knew it was something too dope. I did not remember that it was Shaggy Matt, Too Matt, you're dope. forgetting that Todd is from Northwest Ohio. Of it's course true. he knew that. I, I grew up in a household where one of my sisters definitely owned an Insane Clown Posse CD. Mind you, my father's a minister. It was a, it was a turbulent time there in the mid-90s. How many hatchet man bumper stickers did your minivan have on <laughs> no, it, Todd? No, no hatchet mans, but we, we talked a lot about Fago for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, that was 2017. Again, Guys Ranch Kitchen ran 2017 to 2020. Maybe it's still on IDK. But the last major show I want to talk about is called Tournament of Champions. It was Guy Fieri's big project that ran 2019 into uh, the first quarter of 2020. They have not announced a second season yet, but it is likely that it will get one. Guy made a bracket of 16 celebrity chefs. Then there was a tournament and someone became champion. Thus, Tournament of Champions. I watched this one night in the hotel because that's the only time I watch Food Network anymore. It sounds like, again, this came about from like some, some of him some of him and some of his buddies drinking and they're like, who do you think is a better chef? So-and-so or so-and-so? And after three rounds of that, he's like, guys, wait. <laughs> this is the show. so this whole idea was actually born out of the exact same thing happening on triple g guy fietti would invite a bunch of his celebrity chef friends they would do like a multi-week tournament and then they would crown a winner on guys grocery games and he just decided to make it his own show now i wish that i could tell you i didn't watch all five episodes religiously and i wish i could tell you that I didn't fill out the Twitter poll and get Twitter notifications (laughs) about whether or not my bracket was correct. And I wish I could tell you that I didn't text friend of the show and commissioner of this flavor text, Tom Zalatni, after every single episode of Tournament (laughs) of Champions. But the reality is that I did all of those things and was very, very in to Tournament of Champions. It was How your, accurate was your bracket? Uh, dude, I got blown out in the very first episode because of Darnell <laughs> Ferguson, who we're going to talk about Ooh. in a second. Uh, he beat Iron Chef Alex Gornicelli in the first round, who knew, like everybody thought she was going to win and then didn't. Whatever. Sorry, I'm, I'm really into Food Network. Um, the, the show was your typical food competition. The whole shtick was that there was this thing called the randomizer, which was just a set of spinning wheels that would pick like what style of food you were making, what protein or what weird menu item you had to use, what special cooking device you had to use, and how long you had to cook it. I kind of want to watch this now. Yeah, yeah this, this, this sounds, sounds super rad. Sounds really I'm good. looking this up when we're this done. This actually recording. sounds like something that I want to get I wish, really high I just and wish, watch. I wish Food Network didn't lock all of their stuff behind their own like their own devices because like i can't i can't stream any of their stuff uh sling is the answer not i'm not sling. sponsored by sling but i get not a lot yet. of food network content from sling. yo unless sling wants to sponsor yeah. me like i'll suckle at the teat of I'm, sling i'm getting sick of <laughs> i'm getting sick of watching the same bon appetit videos over and over again <laughs> um yeah so to finish up tournament of champions it was won by total underdog brooke williamson 
Um, she won the first season. And underdog Darnell Ferguson, who again beat ICAG in the first round, probably could have won, but he forgot to plate one of his items, which is like the number oh, one no. sin of Food Network uh, shows, and he lost uh, uh, to Manit Chohan. But he does have two restaurants in Columbus, which is pretty rad. One of them is called Super Chef. It's a breakfast place that is all superhero themed. I've been there. It's good. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. There's another one in Kentucky because that's where he's from. And no, I he's think, from Columbus. He lives in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're super right. What part of Kentucky? Northern? I don't I remember. Louisville. I, yeah. I literally Louisville. just had a dispatch article because he's opening up a new restaurant. Yep, in he is. And it's more of a sports bar type thing. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah. So that is all of the major Guy Fieri projects. Before I finish up, I've got a lightning round for you. Here are a bunch of shows that Guy Fieri did that you've probably never heard of. Get ready. It's wild. Tailgate Warriors with Guy Fieri in 2010, a limited run series where he took fans of different football teams, made them cook tailgate food, and <laughs> decided which NFL team fan had the best tailgate food. Seen sure. it. Yep. <laughs> Guy Fieri's Rock and Road Show in 2011. Seen it. It's like a, a BTS of Triple D. Uh, Guy's Family Reunion in 2013. The title says it all. Guy and Hunter's European Vacation. It's Triple D, but guys with a son, and it's in Europe. Uh, he totally pitched that to get Food Network to pay for him to right. go to Europe with his son. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, he did. That was in 2016. Guy's Family Road Trip happened in 2017. Guy's Family Cruise, the made-for-TV Food Network movie, Shut happened up. in 2018. And what? my personal favorite, in 2018... Guy Fieri jumped to another Discovery Network channel and hosted Guy Fieri's Feeding Frenzy as part of the 30th anniversary of Shark Week. <sighs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's a crossover. Also, uh, Guy Fieri has 10 executive producer credits on IMDb. So he oh is God. just, he is all work, no play. Matt, in summary, though, would you say he's got to be Food Network's like most successful personality right absolutely i mean it's him and bobby flay like without without question yeah. of a doubt shaggy um, too dope, <laughs> shaggy too dope. <laughs> um like bobby flay like you said is is the other side of food network yeah, yeah. but the two highest rated primetime shows on food network are triple d and beat bobby flay hmm. that's like the the back upon which food network is which built. like what a better, those are both like such their personalities. Like guys show is like, Hey, let's all go hang out and have ribs. And Bobby Flay show is come and come beat my you fucking asshole. You. Yeah. yeah. It's just like one is chaos and the other is order. And that's how they're, <laughs> that's how they are. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then like the other ones are triple G and chopped. And so the, the joke that I've always made or other food network fans that I talk to are like, Bobby Flay is the chopped side of Food Network, which is like serious competition and mm, no no jokes yeah. and no hold bars. And then Guy Fieri is the fun side of Food Network, where it's like, hey, make a barbecue with ketchup, ranch, and dill pickles. <laughs> Go. <laughs> and everybody wins. Yep. And everybody wins. <laughs> I'm still dealing with uh, tailgate meatloaf. <laughs> I know that was said 40 minutes ago but <laughs> yeah so the one thing I didn't do for this section is title up how many episodes of all of these shows there have been but I do know that it's over a thousand so like Guy Fieri's wow. been on a lot of fucking television 
And that is the end of my section, which again, I have titled The Patron Saint of Channel 52. Check your local listings. And before we jump over to Todd, I think this is the perfect time for us to take a quick break. So we will be right back after this. This Christmas on the Food Network. It's the Guy Fieri Full Throttle Christmas Special! <laughs> I'm Guy Fieri. Join me and all my homies for a holiday dinner you'll never forgive <laughs> <laughs> With special guest co-host and godfather of my children, Kid Rock! My name is Kid! <laughs> Kid Rock! Merry Christmas, you skanks! <laughs> White mouth! I brought Bud Lime Gazpacho! And I'm inviting over the human equivalent of the food I make for an untraditional Christmas beast feast! Like Chris Angel Mind Freak! <laughs> I'm 90% plastic, 10% HPV. And Kimbo Slice. Mimi from Drew Carey. And Fern Troyer. What's that by the fire? A stocking stuffed with 20 layer bean dip and a crumbled Teddy Graham crust. And for dessert, we're gonna turn a fruit cake into a straight cake. <laughs> it's just bacon and cars. Plus, we're gonna give you all the holiday music you can cram into your ear holes. Featuring a duet with Dog the Bounty Hunter and Big Ants from Bob Wives. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus bra. I saw mommy sucking Santa's horse that all the reindeer came into me just sucking their and with a tinkle of their brains out because they was wearing a wire. Dynasty guys, hilarious take on Jingle Bells. And a half-throttle rendition of We Three Kings by the cast of Pawn Stars. We're gonna put the ham in family. Join me and my friends for Guy Fieri's Full Throttle Christmas. It's gonna be Full Throttle! <laughs> Only on the Food Network. All right, well, now that Matt has told you just basically everything about Guy Fieri's uh, on-screen performances, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what makes the man. Because as I <laughs> as I alluded to earlier uh, in this, Guy Fieri is a better human being than you or I could ever hope to be. And so, um, just just to kind of give you a history of going back, uh, Guy Fieri has just constantly been giving back to communities around him since he's had the means to do so. So, just as the start as a foundation to this barbecue-basted pyramid that we're going to build that is Guy Fieri. <laughs> this barbecue-basted pyramid. <laughs> Come on. Really good. He, he, so, so he currently holds, or is, uh, he's one of the recipients of what is called the Chris Grecius Award, which is the highest honor that the Make-A-Wish Foundation gives away. Wow. So Guy Fieri has, like, just constantly, he either has worked with make, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, with, with kids that want to, have, you know, whatever their wish is, you know, aligns with, 
any of the resources that Guy Fieri has. Now, I know you're wondering, what has this lovable man and his frosted tips done to deserve such high honors? So we had already alluded to this as well, the, the triple D effect. So obviously, as Matt said, we understand what diners, drive-ins, and dives is. Now think about what that entire structure of that show has as an impact. So Guy and his crew, they travel around the country visiting these mom-and-pop hidden gems, and then they are suddenly, you know, a couple months after production, just thrusted into the spotlight with all the PR that they could only really dream of. So the Triple D effect, as it's known, is that boost that restaurants get after they are featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives. So they just have, you know, the, the concept of just having Guy Fieri visit Fieri. I'm going to get it right. The concept <laughs> of having Guy Fieri visit your establishment to tell your story, to feature your food, it helps these restaurants financially after the show hits. The, the trade-off in this is, you know, restaurants don't pay guy and the crew to like come and do this and they don't pay the restaurants either the restaurants just have to provide access and food overall i have a um, question for clarification todd mm-hmm. or, or matt um i know that the show is called diners drive-ins and dives but after a again a, a naruto shippuden uh <laughs> level of, amount of episodes um how closely do they stick to that like what is the criteria for being a diners drive-ins and dive featurey feature so i I know, I don't know what the criteria is. If Matt knows that, he can answer if there's like a, a bullet point list. I do know how they find the restaurants, though. They like, they'll contact local area, like restaurant food critics, and they'll mm, ask okay. for, they probably just throw out the line to say like, we are this show, you know who we are, you know sure. what we're looking for. I mean, like, after, what? after a certain period, yeah, but. Yeah, I know, I know a couple of things about it. I, I don't know like how strict or how true they are. The one thing that I've heard is to, to relate it to my own life. Once I had a fraternity brother tell me that if three people invite you to a party, you shouldn't go because it'll be too big and get busted. And I have heard that they won't go to a restaurant that hasn't been recommended to them like at least a couple of times. So hmm. I've heard that. The other thing that I have always assumed, and I, I don't know exactly how true this is, but like, you know how Google and Yelp and, and all the things give you dollar signs for how expensive a restaurant is. I'm pretty yeah. sure that triple D caps at $2 signs. And I think that that's kind that of tracks. the cutoff. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's mostly lunch places or, or places that you would go while in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's I think, pretty good. I think caps at $2 signs and doesn't have a dress code are probably the, the boxes yeah. you got to check. How many restaurants do you go to with a dress code, Matt? I have been to at least one that I can think of. <laughs> That's all Pretty I good. got. It's not a common thing is what I'm getting at. No. I, I don't know if that needs to be a criteria. <laughs> I, think, I think the better question is how many how many restaurants would you go to in shorts and flip-flops? Yeah, like, yeah, that's there, that's the, it's the it's spectrum. less dress code. It's more like would you feel weird if you were in flip-flops? <laughs> would you go there hungover? Yeah, <laughs> like maybe wearing two different shoes. Sleeves. Brunch not included. Would you, would you go like? Would you wear sleeves? Would you feel bad for not wearing <laughs> yeah. sleeves? Yeah. Yeah. Would you wear? Would you wear Matt's roll Todd tank top into this restaurant? <laughs> so, so the point of this is that like. In the like pre-setup to these meetings, restaurants are told that they can expect a 200% increase in business after the show does go live. 
Um, there's not like a specific report of how much they make and how much they don't make. And of course the show has been around so long that obviously some restaurants in the long run don't make it, but, um, there are stories of restaurants sharing that in the month after the episode goes live, that their business goes up 500%, which is wild again. And, and, you know, the only reference I have from the restaurants in Columbus that were listed is loops and, if Loop suddenly had 500% profits up, like, that's wild. So we had talked about uh, some of the other things that he does. One of the cool things that Guy Fieri does is he runs a program called the Awesome Pretzel Cart Program. Now, that Aww. name sounds familiar <laughs> because that was his first pretzel cart of a similar title. Um, so what this does is it gives pretzel carts to schools to help them with fundraising and to teach kids how to run small businesses. That's, that's so rad. Amazing. Yeah. Damn, uh, fun so fact good. here in Ohio, there is actually one in Lorraine County um, on their, like hmm. their United States map that I think it's with um, their, their like tri County career services um, or whatever that is for Lorraine County. Um, but this program also goes hand in hand with his cooking with kids program which is a program that helps do, I believe it is fund matching, but it helps fund school and community programs that encourage healthy eating for children and families. So like, just so pure, so pure. Yeah. Like no, no one is doing the nicest things like Guy Fieri is doing. Now, um, we had also talked about this, but to catch you up to like present day or more recently at least. So Guy Fieri partnered early on this year with the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation. There's an acronym. It doesn't matter how it's pronounced. I'm not saying that name again. And they <laughs> create, I just typing it out. I was like, I'm not doing this. Um, so Guy and this association created a fund to help restaurant workers impacted by COVID-19. So you know, and you might be saying, like, obviously, this is a good thing, but like what prompted him to do this? So aside from Guy Fieri being a literal flame broiled angel, he had been talking to some of his own employees during like the shutdown, along with just, I assume, getting restless because he constantly needs to be doing something um, to the point that he said, like, we've got to take action. Like people are suffering. We got to do something. So effectively, he put together with this association, this like, quote, tip jar fund that allows restaurant workers to apply for a one-time $500 check to just help out with anything in their life. So, like, food, babysitting, rent, whatever it is, like, you just apply, and, like, you can have access to it. I couldn't find any updated statistics, but as of May, this fund had raised $21 million, and, yeah, and it had served, <laughs> wow. and at that point, it had, it had served 10,000 requests that it had received um, but I believe at that point it had the capacity to serve 20,000 requests, but they had gotten so many so quick that they're like, we got to stop. We got to figure these out. And I, I also just on top of everything else he's done, um, real early on, he helped serve meals to healthcare workers in California as like hospitals mm -hmm. were receiving like the biggest brunt early on. There is also on that same note, uh, during the 2018 wildfires in California, he was also part of a team that served, um, something like a thousand or more meals to firefighters and first responders. I do remember that. Yeah. Like, and again, you just think of like these great things that he, he does and you say like, I don't know, when was the last time you served pork shoulder to firefighters, Andrew? Never. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> not, not once. Not even and, a little bit. And this, this is obviously like, this is not getting the bullet point that it deserves, but like as a statement, he regularly works with special Olympics athletes. Like, 
that's just such a good selfish self selfless thing for like a man with all these ways and means to do um and i think what's really funny if you think like since obviously my whole spiel is like guy fieri's this living walking angel if you remember back in 2017 there was a comedian on conan o'brien named shane torres oh todd you're stealing my content oh well (laughs) good take that um but i won't i won't get into like the whole bit if kyle's gonna share it but the the point was like he laid out some of the things that i said in this but just the point is that guy fieri is this man of ways and means that has just like given back to all the people around him that he'll never meet, that he'll never know. Um, and like for a man who wears a, like a bowling shirt with flames on it and has like frosted tips and is just, he is the, he is a walking exclamation point. Um, he's not like flashy about these things, which I think is like so cool. Cause again, up until Shane Torres went on a rant in 2017 <laughs> and was like, who the hell are you to think that you're better than Guy Fieri? Like, I found out I'm super not any better than Guy Fieri at all, even a little. That was the point <laughs> I wanted to make is like, yeah, like every celebrity's got a foundation and uses it to, to wash their money a little bit. Um, Guy Fieri is, actually, Fieri is actually out there helping and like doing meaningful ch- charity work and not just like, <laughs> here's a check every once a year so I can write it off my taxes. Like literally serving meals to first responders in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Also I, in my like research trying to find like if restaurants could share how much they made after diners, drive-ins and dives, I found out how much is estimated that he makes each episode. What do you think that number is? Um, 2 million Uh, an episode. Yeah. Something like that. Between 10 and $20,000 an episode. Got a boy. That was that was a report in early April from whatever frost snow is. I don't know. That's the one thing I could find. And if that's even remotely true, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Guy Guy Fieri is just a better human being than any of us will ever be. Cause he felt cause he probably films those in a day, half a day. Like uh there's I mean there's setup like obviously before he gets there, but I'm sure he is on location in that one restaurant for a day. Yeah. I've read that it's a three-day process. That like when the producers reach out to restaurants, they say, Listen, you're gonna need to close down for three mm-hmm. days and be ready to make anything on your menu. Cause if yep. guy wants it, you gotta mm-hmm. make it. And that was <laughs> and that was the one thing. I yeah. mean, restaurants shared that like obviously it cost them like a couple thousand to host because sure. they've They've shut down. They still have to staff. They're not making other money, but like the note is like, we're not going to charge you. Like you, you don't have to pay us. You don't like, pay us. Provide. You, you just got to shut down for you. For yeah. But I mean, what, a, what an investment. I mean, you're, you're losing a couple of days to, to gain years, years yeah. Oh, yeah. of traffic. Yeah. And the other part of the triple D effect is that every restaurant says they always know when their episode had a rerun because they're like, you know, it'll just be Wednesday. It'll be like Wednesday at like 3 p.m. And suddenly we've got a line out the door. That's awesome. Um, so I think this might be fun. And I don't know if people have an answer for this. But does anybody have like, isn't there's so many places, right? I, I just posted in our little Discord, our group chat, a link. Food Network has like a really good uh, repository of all the places that have been featured. Like they can do it by state, which is pretty cool. Um, but do any of you guys have like a story or just like a place that you can think off the top of your head like, oh, so-and-so from my hometown or for like, or like a, a, a place that I'm really familiar with um, had an episode and, and that place 
slaps or that place got a lot of business. I've got a couple, but I was just curious if you guys did. Um, I know a, there's a place in Gahanna um, that wasn't on uh, Triple D or any guy shows, but is it is it Kona, the tea place? The tea and muffin, tea and cupcake place? I'm not sure. They're really good. Um, they Okay. They were in Gahanna. They were in Creekside. Um, but um, we went there a few times for for tea and mm-hmm. cupcakes, and um, they're very good. They had a big featured on Food Network banner out front. Gotcha. It's yeah. the only way I there, know that. The, the, what, the reason I brought it up is the, the place that I always think of is uh, a place called, so I mentioned before, I'm, I was uh, born and raised in south, southwest Pennsylvania. Um, so 45 minutes south of Pittsburgh, there's a town, I didn't grow up there, but it was like where we hung out a lot, Dormont, PA, which is like the southernmost still city of Pittsburgh neighborhood, basically. Um, and in Dormont, there's a place called the Doorstop, which is um, like a like a just like a breakfast diner, you know, like forgettable diner. But they have really good pancakes, and they were one of the earliest episodes, like first couple seasons, like lo- early enough ago when I was still in college. And that was just like a cool place that we used to go, like hungover, you know, after like a night of drinking. And that place just exploded. And and again, like I said, like that episode aired ten years ago, and they still are packed all the time, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I've got a couple. I've been to a ton of Triple D restaurants and stuff, but my favorite story, I guess, is definitely Ina's in Columbus, which is this little like Caribbean place that's in this tiny spot on the corner. And I found out about Ina's from their food truck like not long after I moved to Columbus. And I'm a sucker for Caribbean food, like jerk chicken and jerk shrimp. Um, So I, I had been getting it a decent amount and I knew it was on Triple D. And I can always tell when the rerun happens because I'll go to Eno's and see a ton of other white people. (laughs) And anytime I see a ton of other white people at the Caribbean place and not the best side of Columbus, I know that that episode is Is that the place you try to take me on Cleveland? Yeah, okay. And the line line was out the door. Because the rerun just happened. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, The other one I really like is actually in Seattle. It's called Pachersky Pachersky. Um, it's, It's a Russian pastry place there are these things called pachurskis they're russian pastries um it's really good they have a location i think at pike's place market i know i ate at their food truck oh yeah i I think that was that was we went there yeah the paroshkis yeah 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 it's piroshki is a hockey player piroshki 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 yeah, dude. And every time I've been in Seattle and tried to go there, there has been a gigantic line, like akin to the first Starbucks line is the. Um, so I've actually I looked line. up Cincinnati because I, I wanted to see um, I've been to a couple of these Cincinnati places, but not because of um, diners, drive ins and dives. So we actually went to melt in Cincinnati and hmm. did an oh, episode cool. there. Um, but then he also went <laughs> to um, Taste of Belgium which is very good in Cincinnati. Um, it's German food, and I've eaten there on multiple birthdays in Cincinnati because it's just really good, um, Nice, you know, street German food. So, yeah, he knows his, he knows his places. He can pick them. Yeah, well, his team can pick them. <laughs> no, he can pick, he can pick them. <laughs> it's him. He does it. Oh, I have been to one in Pittsburgh. I've been to Nadine's. I've gotten breakfast there many a times. All right, that's all I got. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass pass the 
I'm gonna pour some donkey sauce on Kyle here. <laughs> that's that's Ooh, that's what Guy Fieri does instead of passing basketballs. He pours donkey sauce on his friends. I hate. I hate. I yeah. hate. Um. So guys, <laughs> um. Guy Guy Fieri is is a meme now. Not better. That's just the thesis. <laughs> what? That's the thesis of my of my point is um. Guy Guy Fieri has reached like not just food celebrity status but true celebrity status and um i brought i brought some receipts in the forms in the form of clips and examples we've reached the clip portion of the show so bear if you're with listening me. and you're with spotify just go ahead and fast forward yeah we're gonna there's nothing to, to see along. here <laughs> um so first first example i have guy fieri the man, the meme, the legend is we are we are literally hosting an entire podcast about this <laughs> this flame wearing food angel that just tours the country and helps restaurants. Um, we are making the situation worse. Yes, better <laughs> or better, depending on how you um, how you look at it. Um, so I don't have a timeline of of Guy Fieri becoming a meme. And becoming an internet sensation because why bother? Because it's the internet and and everything happens out of order. Todd brought it up. We've got um we've got Shane Torres Torres. You got me flipping all my art. <laughs> God, bless it. <laughs> um, you got Shane Torres on Conan um, doing a wonderful four minute set in defense of Guy Fieri. Fieri. Here's what he did do, America. He started a company where he hires everybody. He pays more than minimum wage. He gives health benefits before he has to. He has a nonprofit where he gives pretzel making machines to schools so they can fundraise. I know that one sounds like I made it up, but I swear to Christ, it's true. <laughs> he works with Special Olympics athletes, and if you need a little more sugar with this medicine, he also officiated a gay wedding. Um, you've got Chrissy Teigen. Going, um, going on her show on Halloween, dressed up as Guy Fieri. I didn't actually look that up, but I heard about it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's a very good costume. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend do very good oh Halloween costumes every year. And um, yeah, she she hosted a whole episode of her show as Guy Fieri. Other good impressions have been done on College Humor. Um, I really like Bobby Moynihan's. Uh, Guy Fieri on SNL. That sounds kind of heavy. <laughs> Don't knock it till you fry it, Seth. I'm roughing up your stuffing. Mmm. <laughs> I can eat this off a of flip flop. <laughs> Full throttle. <laughs> Just if someone follows him on Instagram, please talk about his Instagram more than I can. Cause yeah, um, dude, it's bananas. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's so wild. Wait, guy, guy Fieri's um, or Bobby Moynihan's guy, guy Fieri's guy Fieri's oh. guy Fieri just makes memes of himself <laughs> and posts right. them on Instagram. That's his whole following thing. Now. Like it's, he does triple D and triple G promos and like other promos for things that he's doing. And then whatever the meme of the week is, Guy Fieri slaps his face on it and posts like, it on his own like Instagram. Like a legend. He is um, just perfect. That's, that's how you, that's how you do it. I didn't, I didn't get to this one and I'm sure Matt here can help me. What's the, what's the lean cuisines, Matt? 
Oh man, did I you didn't, not watch the I didn't video? Get, or get to watch the video. So it came up on his Hot Ones episode. Um, Guy Fietti was at some event, I think in like West Palm Beach, and they called him up yep. on stage, and he just started signing Linguizies and heating them out. I did the see audience. that. Okay, so when oh when God. Todd was talking, I couldn't get the image of Guy Fieri throwing paper towels, <laughs> but I knew I was confusing that with someone who we don't want to bring up on the show. <laughs> the literal president, and that's and that's what it was. It was the Lean Cuisines. Two puzzle pieces just like fit together in my brain, and a lot of things make more sense now. Um, my last point I want to I'll talk about, and we'll have a couple clips from this that really I think solidify Guy Fieri as as a, a meme, as a, a philanthropist, and a, a just a great guy. Is his interview on Hot Ones, where which if you don't aren't familiar with Hot Ones, it is an interview show on YouTube where celebrities sit down with the host and eat increasingly spicy hot wings and um, try to answer questions as they choke down these very, very inhumanly spicy wings. And we'll have some clips here, but um, in his Hot Wings interview, he talks about his critics and how he deals with critics. The answer is he doesn't care. What do you say to the naysayers out there, Guy Fieri? I really don't give a shit. Um, he's he's better than them, and he knows it, and can and can just shake it off like a duck with water. He drops a queso recipe in the middle of this interview, just like as he's again choking down these these sadistically hot wings. He's just like this reminds me of this queso I like to make, and here's how you make queso, and um, he closes it. And I, this again goes back to Todd's section with a very heartfelt um, moment where he's like, we need to teach kids how to cook. We need to get kids to stop eating like Kraft mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and get them in the kitchen. Teach your kids to cook. Teach them how to cook. We went through all these generations of kids that we were in processed foods and drive-throughs and all this, you know, and nothing against restaurants. I, I'm in the restaurant business. But we need to have a time and a place. And we need to teach kids the core fundamentals of cooking. It's a life skill. Put down the cell phone, come in the kitchen, let's work together on cutting the onion and making the queso dip. He wants kids to cook, and I think it's very sweet and wholesome, again, from this, um, you know, caricature of a man. Oh, that's the other one he did. Um, he talked about where the bowling shirts come from in this interview. He's He gave the history of the bowling shirts, and it was just... He wore one to the first day on on set on diners, drive-ins, and dives because they were like, "You need to wear a collared shirt." And <laughs> it was it was the the nicest one he had was a bowling shirt. And I'll let him him tell it. That's well, when show. I got the um, the pilot for Triple D, they said bring a collared shirt. So I had a Dickies work shirt, and it had it was blue with a gray panel in the front of it, and so that's what I put on. And whoever started doing the wardrobe started bringing those kind of shirts around. And that's what they started putting on me. And then this whole bowling shirt, and the people are mailing me bowling shirts with my face on them. And Fund, um, where someone asked him, like, oh, like, what is it that you eat? Like, double fried cheeseburgers and, like, <laughs> hot dog, hot dog cheese soup or whatever. 
and he's like, nah, like I love vegetables. Like I like mm-hmm. like he he has a like pretty good diet from what he said. So I I've seen an old uh, this is an older interview from him. Um, he he really like found his love of cooking, like legit like cooking cooking when he he started cooking for his frat house in college. Mm. Like he just was like, man, you guys just like eat cheese and beer all day why don't i make us some veggies and they were and and he just like really got into cooking making vegetables his fraternity brothers would want to eat instead of beer more beer and cheese so like that's really where he comes i think comes from most of the time that's my section it's short it's it's the fun one but it's short um and we'll we'll get some um, please, please send us all your favorite Guy Fieri memes. Um, I uh, so I went and followed him on Instagram while we were doing this, and I can't believe what I've been missing out on. Um, most, really most specifically, so the most recent meme that really hit home to me was the meme of him. It, it's it's a knife through a sweatshirt like a cake because everything is a cake right now on the internet. And man, that's really really funny. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, does anybody have any last Guy Fieri tidbits, facts, or thoughts that they want to get out? Because I have a couple too. But Andrew, um, you go first. Well, I, we we didn't talk about uh, too much about like his more present day, like outside of Food Network. Like he's had a couple of restaurants. Did you want to talk about those already? Am I? Um, no, I, go I don't. Ahead, we don't please. need to speak too much about it. Guys also had. <clears throat> we talked about obviously like Johnny Garlics and Tex Wasabi's. Um, He's had a couple other restaurant ventures, and I think, you know, Guy's known for a lot of things. I don't think Guy's known. Guy's, he's no Gordon Ramsay restaurateur. Like, he's, he is the, the fun side of Food Network isn't synonymous with, you know, very successful food, uh, restaurant, five-star restaurants. Like legacy restaurants. <laughs> legacy yeah. restaurants. So, I think he, he's done a couple other, um, you know, like, on-brand themed restaurants. They're mostly been in, like, places like Times Square and Vegas, you know, like, very, 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 very touristy kind of places. Um, I think the most famous one of his restaurants is Guy's American Kitchen, which uh, started in Times Square. I think there's one in Vegas. I've been to the one in Vegas. Um, it's It's got... That's the one where the menu is just buck wild. Um, <laughs> the, it's my favorite sandwiches. thing on that menu is a dish called Captain Beefheart, <laughs> which, is, which is beef heart, um, which a friend of mine actually cooked, and it was excellent. Like, he... He got like really nice beef heart and uh, and made made the dish and it was excellent. Well, Captain Beefheart is a gin, right? It's a brand of gin. Beef, uh, beef, beef eater. eater. It's beef eater. something. Never mind. Yeah. Um, Captain Beefheart, Captain Beefheart is something. Is something. Uh, uh, an American singer oh, songwriter. My nickname in college. <laughs> nice. Um, there's a couple other ones. Uh, guys, Vegas Kitchen and Bar. Um, he's got one in Baltimore and then he could, in 2018, he collaborated with planet Hollywood founder, Robert Earl to open fast food, chicken sandwich shop, chicken guy, uh, at Walt <laughs> Disney world. So again, like very much cele- on the celebrity chef tract of just like super, super high concept family restaurants, which again, like there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, that's what you go to those places for. Um, I did want to note, I did want to note and on, and my piece on a little, on a fun note here. Uh, have you guys heard of FietiCon? <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> uh, according to FietiCon.com, 
What is FietiCon? To put it simply, FietiCon is a collection of Guy Fieri enthusiasts that go on a bar crawl in his honor. Okay. I'm in. Uh, it started four years ago as something funny to do with family and friends. Since then, it has grown into an event that has spanned five cities, two continents, raised money for charity, become the subject of local news stories, and got featured in a Vice Munchies video that has over two million views. All listen, right. when the listen, world's not I, on fire yep, anymore, we're yep. going. <laughs> I I am going to call yeah. it right now. We're all going to do our best to get bowling shirts with flames on them. 20, and we're gonna, 2022, let's do it. We're, we're going to we're going to wear sunglasses and if they're not on their if they're not on our faces, they have to be backwards on our heads. <laughs> and we're going to go storm Columbus bars. It's ridiculous. Uh the according to the website, it's mostly just it's like in Times Square, so it's like going to his places. But a bunch of guys, a bunch of people dress up as Guy Fieri and go drinking at all his restaurants in New York. I'll make a donation to the foundation and do it in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. 2021. Um, that's that's awesome. what we'll do. We'll do that for our fourth year, an- third year, fourth year anniversary. Yeah. It's cute. You think this will all be done in 2021. <laughs> yeah. 20, 2025. We'll do this when <laughs> Here we go. 37. As we crawl out of our bunkers. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Matt, did you have anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just a couple of random Guy Fieri fun facts that I think are important to throw into this flavor text. Um, thing one, Guy's American Kitchen and Bar in Times Square is the holder of the record of the worst restaurant review in New York <laughs> Times oh, history. That's the subject of the SNL point... clip that we just listened to. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a point two out of four. <laughs> it's the worst review in restaurant history or New York Times it's restaurant review, review history. You should read, read it. the review. <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, other random fun fact I read in an interview today, and I don't know how true this is, that Guy Fieri's favorite dish is collard greens. Uh, the one food fun fact that I do know is that Guy Fieri hates eggs, mm-hmm. and it is often a topic in <laughs> Triple D episodes where the chef will be like, this usually comes with a fried egg on it, but we left it off for you, Guy. I think that's in one out of every three episodes of Triple D. Yeah, and then my last fact is uh, a little a little more up like Todd's alley of Guy Fieri just being the best guy. But Guy Fieri's sister uh, sort of recently passed away after a pretty gnarly fight with cancer. And Guy Fieri has two sons, Hunter and Ryder, but he and his wife have taken over raising his sister's son, Jules, as like their own adopted nice. kid, too. So um, just... Just literally the best guy. Guy Fieri is the goodest guy. <laughs> if, uh, if, um, what's his name? Um, the WD, John Cena is lawful good, then Guy Fieri is, uh, chaotic good. Oh, yes. yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. Yep. Chaos deity Guy Fieri. Well, that's all I got. Anybody yeah. else got anything else? Perfect. Well, With that all being said, thanks for listening in to Debate This. Follow along with the argument on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast. If you enjoyed the absurdity of us reading every wiki, and I do mean every wiki that mentioned Guy Fieri, you can commission your own flavor text at patreon.com slash debatethiscast. And again, one more gigantic thank you to friend of the show, uh, and member of the Upford Network, or owner, owner, leader, <laughs> champion of the Upford Network, <laughs> Tom, Tom Zalatni for commissioning. Yeah. 
Tom, Tom, that's, donkey that's sauce. That's donkey sauce to you, sir. That's Mr. Donkey Sauce. <laughs> For commit, no, please, <laughs> Mr. Donkey <laughs> Sauce is my father. <laughs> For commissioning this ridiculous flavor text. And don't feel like you have to come out swinging top tier. We'd love it if you joined up with our Patreon just to join in our Discord, where there is very much a server called Guy Fieri's. One of the more popular. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If Patreons and monetary support aren't really your thing, that's cool too. We'd be beyond grateful if you'd write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast app of choice is. I think we're on Podchaser now. Um, much like good pods, if you use Podchaser and know how it works, <laughs> we're on all of them, I think. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, I'm, I'm Andrew, Matt Cole. Captain Beefheart Henderson. <laughs> I'm Todd. Whoop, whoop. Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Kyle Wasabi Barbecue Sushi Harper. <laughs> <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. 